0: Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Yeah, so just like Dave said we're going um, we're talking about foundations of faith and I'll just read to you where we're, where we're talking about. It's in Hebrews. I didn't give this to you, Zeke, sorry. Uh, can we just? I just want to give a little shout-out to Zeke. He is such a cracker on the screens. Every week, just in and out. And, but then still, like, worship's hard. I love it. Um, so the uh, foundations of faith is from this passage in Hebrews. I'm reading from the AMP. It says, Therefore, let us get past the elementary stage in the teachings about Christ, advancing on to maturity and perfection and spiritual completeness, Doing this without laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of teachings about washings, the laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead and the eternal judgment. A bit heavy that last one. But as I was preparing my message today, I will be honest with you, I wrestled. Um, I wrestled for this message because I grew up in a church and in a part of the Christian faith that didn't really believe in faith, if that makes sense. Like they were really funny about it. So faith was very private. And once you had faith, you didn't need it. Riddle me that, I don't know. In fact, once I joined this church, my friends were worried that I joined a cult because we actually use our faith or that somehow I'd slipped into the prosperity gospel because when God says he's gonna do something and I believe it somehow that's prosperity. I don't really know. It was never very well explained, but these were my friends, and I had no idea, so I trusted them. And because I valued their opinion, I never really did anything else with it. I just kind of left it at face value. Um, so when I say I wrestled for this message, I mean that I I had to go into those places that I was scared, and you know, questions that I had. But God is good, and so we're going to really quickly pray. Um, particularly that this is a safe place for you for questions that you have for the way that you engage with God I really want you to engage with him not just with the message that this would be a safe place for your soul to find rest and that lies would be untangled for you and that God would do a work in you like he did in me so if you guys want to just close your eyes and we'll pray Heavenly Father I thank you that you're a good God that you don't shy away from the things that we find hard, but you meet us where we are, and you will walk us out of that pit. And Lord, I just pray right now that there is rest in people's souls, that there is a steadiness in their heart, Lord, that through all of this, they would see you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I wanna let you know that today already, You have shown faith, you may not know it, you may not even realise it. But the fact that you are all sitting in a chair tells me that you have some level of faith. Because those chairs are old and I honestly (laughs) don't know how good the plastic is in them. And I can pretty safely assume that most of you drove here or were driven here. Yep, cool, three of you, great. Yes, good, thanks Joe. And you all drove here with great faith that you would make it here okay with no actual assurance that you were going to get here. And I drive a lot for work, so there are maniacs out there. Sometimes it's me. (laughs) We all have these little moments in our lives that we don't really think about, but are actually really like intense faith moments. But then we get to faith in God and it's like this foreign concept. Like somehow we forgot how to trust something that works. Which is ridiculous because he's the only one that works all of the time. Now, if you've heard me preach ever, you know that I love a good definition. I love letting the word speak to me. So we're going to look at faith today in, as what Hebrews 11 says. So Zeke, if you can throw up the first one. At the very start of Hebrews 11, it says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced in the physical senses. Now, I just talked before about how you've all shown great faith. Now, Jordy, I'm gonna pick on you because you're right there. You're not in trouble. We talked before about how you have great faith to get here. Did Joe drive you here? Do you have faith that he drives well? Sometimes. Sometimes. You guys really might need that pre-marriage. But you've done it before, right? So you know that for the most part, it's a safe... You'll get to where you're going. Now, it seems silly that I want to point this out because... I trust Joe as a driver. I've never been in the car with Joe, so I don't actually know. But, but what I'm trying to point out, albeit awkwardly now, um, is that when you put faith in something to work, and it works, that two parts of faith get built, trust and confidence. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith, that is with inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power and wisdom and goodness of God. We understand that the worlds, the universe, the ages were framed and created, formed, put into order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what is seen was not made up of things that are visible. That's not what that says. I need to learn how to read. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. There's an ad on the radio that I hear sometimes talking about investing, I don't really pay attention because I don't really care one of the last things that it says at the bottom when they've got to go through all that legal jargon is past performance is not an indicator of future performance. In faith, that is very much not the case. Past performance tells me about future performance. When my faith is in God, I know that whatever he has said is true because he has never said anything to me that is not true. And because he's God, even if he does say something that's not true, it becomes true because he said it. I have the trust and the confidence of knowing how he has been previously alongside what his word says. He is who he is, and that what he says will never return void. And beyond his word, I have memories in my own life of where he's been faithful. When I was severely depressed, probably the most depressed I've ever been, God promised me that I was going to be okay. And when you're that depressed and people keep telling you that you're going to be okay, it kind of like, you're yeah, okay, cool, thanks. You, you sort of don't believe it because you're so depressed. But I made myself believe that I was okay and that I had a plan. I was going to be with Jesus and I'd rationalized it biblically. I was very not okay. But I had faith as small as a mustard seed. I don't know, who knows how small a mustard seed is? If you don't know, look in a tin of whole grain mustard, that's a mustard seed. But God in His faithfulness sent me my best friend, Priscilla, who said, you've got to get out of that situation, come and live with me. And we lived together for 10 months and she suffered through living with me. And somehow, by the grace of God, God was faithful and I got better. And now, because God is who He says He is, I have confidence and enduring trust that he is faithful, that if he said it, he'll do it. Because his past performance tells me about his future performance. And now I've experienced it. It's not some out there idea. And I promise you that God has done this for you. In brutal times when things are dark and they hurt and you can't make heads or tails of it, God is with you. And I know that because you're here. Because if he wasn't with you, you wouldn't be here. And if you don't know, or you can't think right now, we're actually going to pray for that. So we're going to pray a little bit during this message just because there are things that only God can do for you. I can't do them for you. So if you guys want to close your eyes. Lord, I thank you that your memory is as big as you are. And I pray that you would call to mind the moments where you have been faithful for people, the moments that they need to know about to know that you are faithful, Lord. Would you bring them to their mind right now? Thank you, Lord. Now, in all this trust and confidence, there's actually half of the equation which is obedience it's the dirty word that no one ever likes to talk about and it's very misunderstood obey is not i'm going to dictate to you and you're going to do it whether you like it or not but it's think of it more like i'm going to follow you we had a great message last week about repentance and if you haven't heard it kieran has put it up will put it up on the podcast <laughs> and you can hear it But the thing that gets me about repentance and faith is that I don't think it's a coincidence that they're together in Hebrew 6. Like, it could have gone anywhere in that passage, but they're right next to each other. And I think when we think about repentance and how we're truly transformed, how would I not want to have faith in anybody else? Because no one else can do that for me. No one else can make me... How do I say this? No one else can can take what is broken and on fire and turn it into something that is whole and healthy. There's a C.S. Lewis quote that says that God didn't come to save good people. He didn't come to make good people, bad people good, sorry. He came to make dead people alive. And if he made me alive, and he's the only one who can, why would I not want to believe in him and have faith in him that he can do anything? Because I know me better than any of you. And I know that I am stubborn as a mule. And if he can make me better and make me alive, then why would I not want to follow him? Because you aren't just saved so that you can carry on. It's not, cheers, thanks for salvation, I'll see it at the other side it's, you are saved for a purpose. And I know it seems really simple. I know that like, you know, it's foundational. It's not, it's not super technical. But I think if we don't remind ourselves we fall into the trap of life and we get stuck going through the motions and years will go by and we stop and we realize, oh, I could have lived my whole life with God And now I'm here. Hebrews 11 brings up lots of heroes of faith. We're just going to be focusing on Abraham today. And in verse 8 it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called by God, obeyed, going to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. He went not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as a foreigner in the promised land, as in a strange land living in tents, as nomads with Isaac and Jacob, who were fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was waiting expectantly and confidently, looking forward to the city which has has foundations as eternal and heavenly city, whose architect and builder is God. Now, for those of you who don't know the story, I'm gonna read it quickly to you. It says, now in Haran, the Lord said to Abraham, Go away from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you abundantly and I will make your name great, exalted and distinguished and you will be a blessing, a source of great good to others. I will bless you and do good for benefit those who bless you. And I will curse, that is, subject to my wrath and judgment, the one who curses, despises, dishonours, and has contempt for you. And you in all the families of the... And you in all the families or the nations of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham departed in faithful obedience as the Lord directed him. And Lot, his nephew, went with him. I love how simplistically this is written. God said, go, and Abraham went. You can probably end the story there. I'm sure there was probably some mixed feelings and Abraham literally didn't just pack up his stuff and go. He would have talked to people he trusted. He would have, you know, done all of the things that you need to do. But Abraham trusted that God would do what he said that he would do and he was obedient. Because I want to point out as well that Abraham at this point would have the generations of knowledge of what God has done. Like, it's, we don't just start the story with Abraham. It's there are generations and then Abraham. He would have known that the past performance tells him about future performance. He doesn't just sit with the idea that God's probably gonna do something and then just stay there. He gets up and he moves his whole family. Now to move your whole family is not like it is now where you fill your stuff in a truck and see ya. You've got cows, you've got goats, you've got kids, you've got to walk everywhere you've got tents, you actually have to pack up the house. But that's sometimes the point is that obedience looks like a big to-do, but when you get to the other side, you get the promise. And sometimes all we want is the promise. We don't want the job description that comes with it. It's sort of like trying to score a goal when you're sitting on the sidelines. It doesn't totally work like that. And obeying the faith of call, faith of call, the call of faith is hard. Can we just call it like it is? Like, I'm not up here to tickle your ears. It's hard. It is not sunshine and rainbows all the time. And it sometimes will require you to surrender things to Him. God will ask you, I need that to get you from here to there. But He doesn't call you willy nilly, He doesn't just call you for giggles or because he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. So what has God called you to obey him in? Because I guarantee there's a promise attached to it. And they aren't always massive things, you know. God's not asking you to literally pack up your house and leg it. Maybe he's asking you to call someone. Maybe he's asking you to make good on the prayer for one. Shameless plug there. Maybe he's asking you to actually talk to your prayer for one instead of just pray from a distance. Maybe he's calling you to get off social media. That was me. I joined TikTok at the start of the pandemic as a joke and now it's bad. I have to remove myself I have some very strict boundaries that I have to put in place. But maybe you need to set boundaries in a relationship. Maybe there are people in your world that aren't good for your faith. Maybe we need to let go of the chip on our shoulder about the way that things should be. I don't know what God is calling you to be obedient in, but he's calling us, all of us, to be obedient in something. And on the other side of our obedience is the promise. So what happens when you start to obey and you walk in trust and you're confident that God is going to do what he said he would do, and then it all falls apart? I just want to put it out there, testing is different to a consequence. I'm going to be super frank. I hear people talking about how they're being tested after they make a dumb decision. And you know, it's the spiritual attack. No, you made a dumb decision and that's a consequence. <laughs> I, I, just, I just want to put it out there. <laughs> I told you I was going to be frank. <laughs> how long have you got? Testing is when you are actively following Jesus, making the decisions that you know he wants you to make, and then you face opposition. Faith is a nice idea when it has no consequences. But faith is not an idea that lives out in the ether. It's a real-world action. The book of James says that faith without deeds is dead. So if it's real world, then it has to be tested. The rubber's got to hit the road somewhere. Can I have the band come up? In verses 17 to 19, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, that is the testing of his faith was still in progress. Because moving your whole family to not know where you're going isn't enough of a test. Offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises of God was, already, was ready to sacrifice his only son of promise. To whom it was said through Isaac, your descendants shall be called. For he considered it reasonable to believe that God was able to raise Isaac even from among the dead. We know that the obedience of Abraham gave him a way out of actually sacrificing his son. But the trust and the confidence that Abraham had to bring his son before God, the son that God had promised them and that they you know, had to wait forever and there was a whole bunch of things that happened there to offer it up to God and say, here you go. And that's, that's a really intense test, let's be real. Take your son up and sacrifice him, but don't tell him about it. I mean, just for a second, let's just imagine being Abraham, getting to the top of the mountain, being like, I don't know what you're doing, God, but you need to show up like yesterday because I have rope and I have a kid and like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then being Isaac, like, I thought we were going to sacrifice something. Where's the sacrifice? Why does that have rope? Why is he walking towards me like that? Why does his face look like that? And I mean, sometimes these types of thoughts can show up. Hopefully in your case, less sacrifice But maybe it sounds like this is not what we talked about, God. This is not how I pictured this going. I don't want to give you that part. That's, that's irrelevant. Where are you, God. I did what you said, when are you going to show up? When are you going to hold your end of the bargain? It's never fun being tested. And oftentimes, there is very little way to prepare for a test. Because in some ways, if you could prepare for it, it's not really a test. But the book of James puts it like this. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, when you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace and let endurance have its perfect result and do not, ooh, and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith lacking nothing. The more that we do this and the more that we obey the more that the enemy will try and separate you. Because the more that you obey, the more that you're actually doing for God and the more that God is accomplishing, which really rains on his parade. The enemy would love for you to stay where you are because when you stay where you are, you're immobile and you're ineffective. And when you're ineffective and immobile, the scope for lies and the scope for disconnection to get in and ruin the good work that God has done just gets bigger and bigger and bigger but here's the rub. Faith endurance doesn't just happen. I've mentioned in previous messages that I do triathlons and there are long sessions where you're physically and mentally tested. Like you're suffering, but you're fine physically. And during these sessions, you have to remember why you do what you do. I know for me personally, I will picture the finish line because that's the only way I'm getting through it. how do you get through the trial? How do you get through the test? You have to remember that it is for your good, that it builds up your endurance, that it makes you better. So when you're being tested, picture the promise because God would have given you a promise when He called you to do something. And remember that testing produces endurance. It will not last forever, but you need to keep going. It's like that old nursery rhyme, can't go under it, can't go over it, have to go through it. Because here's the thing, if you don't keep going, and you don't keep enduring as much as, as painful as it is, and as much as it sucks, you will never get out of that place. And I would encourage you, don't give the enemy the satisfaction. Just be petty about it. Faith in God is an inherent trust and an enduring confidence. But in order to continue in faith, we have to be obedient to God and what He's called us to do, even when we're being tested. The heroes of faith aren't heroes because their life was easy, but because they stuck it out and they clinged to their, or clung I should say, to their past experience of how good God is. And how he is exactly who he says he is. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.